Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Best friends forever. Yo, this is the fantasy. Best friends forever. Here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Greggy, week four nearly in the books. Very interesting one. Um, before we get into some stuff, you're right that yo sounded a little... You're right, man. I'm not, I'm not doing you're not right. right. <laughs> there wasn't a good yo. I, I admit that. I heard it. I'm not all right. It's just like the second I walked in here today, like things weren't good. It really hasn't changed. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay. Yo! How's that? I'll try to make your day a little better. I'll try to brighten you up here on the BFFs, Greggy. Yeah. Uh, but before we do, I have to bring it back a little bit because I spoke to you about this a little bit before the show. Mm-hmm. There are about like four or five things that like I really don't like if you mess with. <laughs> there's a lot of things you don't no, like. No, I mean, there's like four or five like main things, right? It's like... Don't mess with my food, sure. like my fantasy teams, uh-huh. my fiance, my best friend. Don't mess with those things. But above all else, uh-huh. not mess with above, my sleep. Above all else. So not mess above with your my fiance. sleep. I, make that clear. I need my sleep, right? This morning. It's not even 7 a.m. It's before 7. It's like 6.45. Some of, some of us are already here. Yeah, sure. Anyway. Sounds like there's an apocalyptic war going on outside my house, outside my apartment, right next to my window. They start doing construction. Construction. Before 7 a.m. in the morning. Despicable. This is New York City, the concrete jungle where dreams are made of, Greggy. You can make it here, you can make it anywhere. All right, Jay-Z. It's like, what's the, what's the appeal of New York? I don't understand why like, people who don't live in New York want to live in New York, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't want to live in New York. It was a rough morning for me. I was very frustrated. Couldn't go back to sleep. Pissed off. And above all else, my home league fantasy football team is just absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. It's sped. Uh, Kenyon so- Drake, Kenny Stills, Mike Williams, Mike Evans. If you had any of those guys, any of the other invisible men that didn't show up in week four, according to our Twitter poll, please let us know. Now, for me, I, I, you know, I just, I just knew we have, a, we have a lot going on here today and a lot this week, and I got to sit with Frank after this and really plan out the schedule well. Um, but I was like, wow, we have a lot going on. Like, what are we going to be able to do everything? And that hit, and then some other stuff happened this morning. I, you heard about the commercial of Carton and Friends. It's been a rough morning, and Frank walks in here when, when he gets here. He's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, dude, how's it going? How's it going? That is an interesting question. 
For some of us, it's going great, right? Your fantasy team over the weekend was very successful. I had a team yesterday put up like 170 points. Feeling great about that team. And then I have another team, still my quarterback to go, uh, put up like 80 points. And that team's 0-4. Not going so well. I had great pizza yesterday. I was at Lucali. That was amazing. Hold you, the best pizza in New York. I don't know what that is. I'll have to try it. Uh, you probably you don't like waiting, so you're not going to try it. No. So, yeah. Waiting, another thing. Don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's the best. It's, it's the best pizza in New York. I stand by that. But anyway. Artichoke. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's actually repulsive. Okay. I love it. But let me get to some of the bigger stories from yesterday, can we? Yeah, let's do it. So this actually didn't affect me. The good, the good stories or the bad stories? Well, I think it's all, all encompassing. Sure. To me, the biggest story, and we have Jamie Heath, by the way, coming on at 1220 to talk about some of these big stories as well. Now, the big story breaks at like 3 o'clock yesterday, where Chris Carson is ruled inactive for Seattle. And this came out of nowhere. He had practiced in a limited fashion later in the week. He was questionable. And everything you heard from Carson, from Pete Carroll, from the beat reporters, to anywhere and everywhere, hey, he's good. Don't worry about it. Career-high 32 carries a week before. In DFS, we absolutely loved him. Seattle uh, was playing Arizona. Arizona, of course, had one of the worst rush defenses in fantasy football in the league. And Chris Carson ruled inactive. So what do you do? What do you do if you can't make a change? Now, in our Survivor player pool, we wound up starting Rashad Penny. That worked out quite poorly. (laughs) Other people, you, you may, in one of my leagues, I played Chris Carson. He had nobody on his bench. He had to start Chris Carson to get the zero. We don't have waivers that are first come, first serve. He had no choice. In my league where we did have waivers come first, first come, first serve, I sat with the Chris Carson owner. His options were Jalen Richard, Kyle Juszczyk, and he actually picked up Mike Davis. He went with Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> It worked out swimmingly. Chris Carson inactive. A disaster yesterday, Frank. Yeah, it absolutely is. But this is part of the, you know, this is part of, uh, this is what comes with fantasy football, right? Like, you know a player is questionable. And while, you know, we have all these reports that say he's likely to play, he's still questionable. And, you know, he was limited or mispracticed throughout the week last week. So you always kind of know the risk when you're playing uh, one of these questionable players in the afternoon slate or in the night game or in the Monday night game, you kind of know the risk. So you have to have a backup ready to go. The thing is, a lot of people thought that backup was going to be Rashad Penny. Like right. This was going to be the Rashad Penny breakout game. And on paper, everything looked good because the Cardinals, as you mentioned, uh, they're giving up a ton of fantasy points to running backs on the season. It seems like they're giving up multiple touchdowns every single week. They gave up multiple touchdowns this week, Greggy. Just not to Rashad Penny. And again, the Seahawks strike again. And I'm going to continue to bash them for this because they absolutely deserve to be bashed for this for all the holes on that team. And, you know, it's going to sound crazy because they're 2-2, two and two, but it's like a false 2-2. Two and two. I don't think the Seahawks are very good. They have a lot of holes on this team right now. They still drafted Rashad Penny in the first round. Yeah. They've opted to use a seventh-round pick in Chris Carson ahead of him, mm. and now they're using Mike Davis ahead of Rashad Penny. So say what you want about the guys like conditioning. I know that was like a Penny report. Penny looked great yesterday, too. Nine for 49. Like, he wasn't bad on a yards per carry basis. That's quite good, actually. But on Roto World, it's being re- reported that he only played 16 snaps. Unbelievable. 24% of the snaps. That reminds me of the Bucks activating Ronald Jones yesterday, who had one carry. No. I thought it felt like one carry. 
No, I think he actually led this team in carries, but that game was just an Ronald accident. Ronald Jones led the team in carries yesterday? Yeah, he had 10 carries oh. for 29 yards. Oh, nice. Here's the thing. Look, the Bucks. there are teams right now that you just don't want anything to do with their running back situations. Unless, I mean, like, we'll talk about the Colts, but, like, Naheem Hines is kind of, like, a different scenario because they're using him as an extension of the run by throwing him the ball. So that is working out well for fantasy right now. But overall, they can't run the football. Like, the Indianapolis Colts can't run the football. The Tampa Bay Bucks cannot run the football. And this was a this was a game where they fell behind so early that they really just needed to abandon the run. Uh, and then when it was kind of out of hand, they just kind of like let Ronald Jones run the ball. And they were like, all right, let's see what the kid can do. And I heard an interesting report, actually, on Fantasy Football Today, the CBS Sports guys. I think they do a great job. There was a report that apparently they were waiting for Jameis Winston to get back, and that's part of the reason why Ronald Jones was kind of inactive these early games. He's overall not ready, but I think coming out after the bye, Jameis Winston will be the quarterback, Ronald Jones will be the running back, and those guys will kind of work together throughout the bye week and hopefully get things going. Probably not. Probably not. You know, Corey, you can't trust their running game. And you've said it a lot, right? And Corey has said it a lot. You don't, you don't go certain places for the running game. Clearly, Tampa Bay is one of them. Indianapolis, obviously one of them as well. Although they started Naheem Hines yesterday in desperation. That certainly worked out well. And, well, Chicago, for me, turned out to be a place yesterday where you couldn't trust the run. What are you, what are you talking about, Greg? Tariq Cohen was great. I love Jordan Howard. Everybody knows that. Huge Jordan Howard guy. Jordan Howard was... I can't even describe the amount of a disaster that Jordan Howard was yesterday. You look at this game script, and the Bears were up like 35 nothing at halftime, along those lines. Great. Jordan Howard's got like two touchdowns. He's, gonna, He's got like 80 yards, right, Greg? He's got nothing. Nothing. He's got like a yard. Maybe 10. Fine. Second half. Great game script coming. Bam. Jordan Howard. Bam. Jordan Howard. And that, that, that didn't happen either. Many people compare Tyreek Hill and Tariq Cohen with Matt Nagy as the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, now as the head coach in Chicago. Instead, through the first three weeks, it has been all Jordan Howard, very, very little Tariq Cohen at all. Why would we assume that would change this week? It did. Tariq Cohen led this team in rushing, led this team in receiving. He was fantastic. While Jordan Howard owners are just being like, what, 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 what happened? This is a disaster, Frank. Yeah, it certainly was yesterday. I had a lot of people tweeting at me, and rightfully so. I mean, what Jordan Howard did um, was a huge letdown. He had just 11 carries for 25 yards. I had him ranked inside my top 10. I know the, uh, the consensus ranking was pretty much right in that zone, too. He was a low-end RB1. The Bucks' defense is not good by any means. But I think coming into this game, which is what makes fantasy frustrating at times, is... As much research as you do, as much as you try to buy into things, as many reports as you read, as much as you pay attention to practices and beat reporters and everything, ultimately, you won't know what a team's game plan is until that game starts and until they start executing that game plan. And it's very clear that the Bucks' game plan in this game was to just throw all over the Tampa Bay Bucks and all over the field. It didn't matter to who. It was Taylor Gabriel. It was Trey yeah. Burton. It was Allen Robinson. It was Tariq Cohen. Their game plan was clearly to attack the Tampa Bay Bucks' pass defense. And that's exactly what they did, and that's exactly how they were successful. That's exactly how Mitchell Trubisky threw for six touchdowns. That's exactly how they scored 48 points. That was their game plan. And coming, coming out in the second half, I understand you want to say, yes, Jordan Howard, game script, this looks great for him. 
They're already up 35-3. to At that point, why do you even risk injuring your player, your star running back, in Jordan Howard? So it didn't really make sense. I understand why you would have wanted it to, but clearly they were just running up the score and they knew what they were going to do passing the ball. Um, and now both of these teams head into the bye. So as I've mentioned already with the Tampa Bay Bucks side, I think coming out in week six, we see Jameis Winston as a starting quarterback. I think we see Ronald Jones as a starting running back. Again, the running back is not going to be trustworthy. Uh, I think Jameis Winston is going to be in that QB2 discussion. Uh, but given all the weapons, we saw what Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to do. Uh, I think you have to be somewhat excited about Jameis. Um, and then with Trubisky, hopefully they could take what they did today because really coming into this game and this week, their passing game had not looked great. Uh, but I think we got a full taste of the entire arsenal that is Matt Nagy's offense uh, in this one, Greg. We just saw how good it can be. As you said, it didn't matter if it was Taylor Gabriel, who the BFF started yesterday. Great job. Shout out. Nice job. We got destroyed, by the way. Um, well, we were going up against Alvin Kamara and Cooper Cup in a full PPR league. And that it's going to be hard to... Uh, and feeling as well, right? It's going to be hard to outlast that, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, didn't matter if it was Taylor Gabriel or Alan Robinson or Trey Burton, as Frankie said, or Tariq Cohen, certainly. Everybody was involved. It was just an aerial attack by Matt Nagy, by Trubisky, and the Bears, who utterly just wrecked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, wound up on the sidelines at halftime, and that was it's probably the end for Fitzpatrick. How crazy do you think it is right now that the NFL defense is as bad as it, as it is? Like, Ever. across the yeah. board. Because we're getting monster, monster games. I believe there was four players this week, four quarterbacks, with four or more passing touchdowns. Derek Carr did it. Jared Goff did it. Um, it might have been, I don't know who the other one was. It might have been Kirk Cousins. Uh, let's see. No, it was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, who, you know, I had buried because we didn't see anything out of him. I started him. And then he comes out and, you know, did what he did yesterday. And then Mitchell Trubisky. There were four quarterbacks with four-plus passing touchdowns. And it just seems like every single week there are just massive fantasy scores. This has to be, and I'll look into it, this has to be one of the highest-scoring best ball fantasy seasons to this point in the season, a quarter, uh, quarter into the fantasy season. Let's talk about some other blowouts yesterday. Because like you yeah. said, defense has been absolutely brutal, right? And let me get to Green Bay and Buffalo. Where Green Bay just, Green Bay, good defense yesterday. Maybe Josh Allen related, but good defense in general, right? They roughed up the Buffalo Bills and shut them out and were fantastic in doing so. Josh Allen was, was brutal. Sean McCoy got nothing going. But potentially the main takeaway from Green Bay Aaron Jones is the man. He should be, and on a yards per carry basis and a yards per touch basis, he is the man, but does it really reflect, the, the usage here, does it really reflect that he is the man? Because again, Aaron Jones, 11 carries, 65 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams still had 11 carries. Ty Montgomery still had five carries. Ty Montgomery still targeted three times in the passing game, whereas Aaron Jones was just targeted once. Like, we want to say that Aaron Jones is the man, and we have what I believe to be enough of a sample size now that we know Aaron Jones is much better than Jamal Williams. Greg, I tweeted this out last night. Drink. Since they've both joined the league last year to start in the start of the 2017 season, Jamal Williams has 200 rushes for 718 yards, 3.59 yards per carry. Aaron Jones has 98 rushes for 555 yards, 5.66 yards per carry. That's including this week. And we saw... The interview with Aaron Rodgers in their locker yeah, room so this past week. Like, he's talking up Aaron Jones. That doesn't mean anything to me. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers talking about Aaron Jones means nothing to me. Because Mike McCarthy's the head coach. And Mike McCarthy 
basically an idiot. Well, look, don't you you want to keep your star quarterback happy, don't you? Yeah, but like that's not that important. What's important to me is the numbers that you read and quite simply the eye test. Right, like, you just watch it with your own eyes, and I did. Aaron Jones is the best running back on that team. And I'm a Jamal Williams supporter. Everybody knows that. He's not as good as Aaron Jones. Maybe a better pass blocker. That's fair. He's definitely a better pass blocker. Fine. For those of you who play in uh, pass blocking per point leagues. Ty Montgomery, probably a better receiver than Aaron Jones, to be fair. Sure. When you want a running back, when you need someone to just gobble up yards, Aaron Jones was by far the best on the field yesterday in Green Bay. Yeah, both between tackles, being uh, yeah. showing his explosiveness. Out, sure. Uh, he had a, he had a thirty yard rush yesterday. That was his long Jamal Williams long eleven. So I think he can catch the ball too. Like if they really wanted to unleash Aaron Jones and give him like fifteen to twenty touches per game, I think he could be an RB two. I'll say this: Jamal I don't Will- think that's J- going to happen. Though. Guys like Jamal Williams not startable anymore. That's fair. I don't think you start him anymore. Um, but are you gonna? Based on the usage in this game, Greg, like, yes, we want to be excited for Aaron Jones, and I think overall the arrow's pointing up for him. Can you trust starting Aaron Jones? Like, is he in the flex discussion now? I do. I think so. I do. I want to see increased usage out of him. I understand that, but you can do a lot with a little bit of usage yourself in Calvin Ridley yesterday as well. Yep. We're taking a break. When we come back here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Jamie Heath will join us. We'll talk a little bit about the betting stuff from this past weekend. Stick around. More from BF after after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back with you here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. want to remind you to head on over to DailyRoto.com. It's the industry-leading daily fantasy site that has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million-dollar tournament winners. Millions more in smaller prizes for countless subscribers. Once there, you can go to Go Premium and use the same daily fantasy line optimizer that has helped Daily Roto customers achieve such remarkable success. And it's sports ragering that you're in. You click on the new sports betting tab where you'll be able to use the same tools to produce all those daily fantasy winnings for money line picks, picks against the spread, game totals, and player props. Go to DailyRoto.com, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount. That's DailyRoto.com, the industry-leading website where millionaires are made. Literally. With that, we're talking about betting. And I think the only guy to talk about betting with is Jamie Heath from the Sports Brokers. What's going on, Jamie? Do we have Jamie Heath, guys? Hello. Hey, Jamie. How are you, man? Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing absolutely fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, man. Great day uh, yesterday in uh, NFL. Had a great, great day. Oh, my God. It was, it was an awesome day uh, of football. So much offense, particularly in that Atlanta-Cincinnati game. Back and forth. The Bengals win that one 37-36. It was a barn burner, Jamie. Yes, it was. Uh, a lot of overs yesterday. A lot of exciting football. Obviously, the fans and the public were very happy to see a lot of these games uh, flying over the total. I believe uh, 
totals as far as over-unders went 9-5, and five, actually almost went 10-4. and four. I think the Saint game missed by a point. But, yeah, a lot of exciting games, including the, the Raiders-Cleveland game, which was, back in, which was a crazy game, to say the least. Uh, and like you said, the Cincinnati-Atlanta game was amazing as well, ending uh, with that A.J. AJ Green touchdown. Yeah, the A.J. Green touchdown sealed it for Cincinnati. Back and forth game, Frank. Um, this was awesome. Yeah, that really Minus was. Minus the whole Tyler Eifert thing. Oh, gosh, oh. yeah. I mean, it took us about, you know, 20 minutes to, to get to that. But, I mean, you got to feel bad for Tyler Eifert. It's not even a matter of him being injury prone. I mean, this the, the physicality of the game of football, that can literally happen to anybody. But, yeah, that was a great, great game between the Falcons uh, and the Bengals. And I think that's going to be you know, a, a, an area that we go to attack just for fantasy moving forward, like going up against the Falcons defense and definitely overs in any of the Falcons games just because right now their defense looks so bad um, and they're just getting in shootouts every single week. So I, I think that's going to be a place where we target week in and week out for both fantasy and if we're betting overs. Jamie, I wanted to ask you about that Browns game. You brought it up. It was an awesome game. I I would guess that the public was probably in on the Browns, right? Because of Baker Mayfield, a lot behind him. Uh, is that the way that the, the money was coming in, though? Or, or were more people leaning towards the Raiders getting their first win at home in the black hole? Well, again, yeah, it's a great question. Public perception with Baker Mayfield doing what he did against the Jets the week before. A lot of the public money was on Cleveland in that game, and it looked like they were actually home free with win when they were up 14, and they were up by eight late in that game, and there was a couple of questionable calls with the referees in that game, plus the Raiders needed to score late, which they did, and make that two-point conversion. It was it was unbelievable, but I believe I want to say that the short money was actually on the Raiders in this game. The line uh, pretty much laid around two and a half, three. If you laid two and a half with the Raiders, you were a happy camper, and if you got three with Cleveland, well, you pushed, so it, it, was, a, it was an incredible game. Let me tell you folks out there right now, though, Last Monday night, my man Kevin Todd had $50,000 on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you know that game won, obviously. He's doing it again tonight. He absolutely loves, I mean loves this game tonight. Aside in this game, I want you all to call 1-800-220-6262. Visit the website, thesportsbrokers.com. Join the website. We turn outcomes into incomes, and we're going to turn your outcome tonight into a major income. 100%. You knew what Kevin Todd did last week. You heard it from Jamie right there. 150 grand on the Steelers. He absolutely loved them, and evidently, he loves someone tonight. It should be a fun game between Kansas City and Denver. He loves one side. You gotta go to thesportsbrokers.com in order to find out which side that is. Speaking of sides, Frank, uh, how did your bets do uh, that you made on Friday? How, how, what was your record? I believe I went 1-2. and two. Uh, I would have done a lot better if that Cleveland Browns game would have finished the way that uh, Jamie was talking about. The Cleveland Browns. Thankfully, they, they were, did it. They were, uh, they were winning for a lot of that one, and I, you know, I thought I was good there. Uh, and then the New York Jets, man. I mean, look, just an absolute, uh, de- you know, they got, they, they got demolished. They got demolished by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not even going to hide it. Uh, and I know that, you know, um, Gabe has talked about putting in, you know, bets on which coach is going to be fired first. I actually think it's going to be Todd Bowles right now, Greg. I think Todd Bowles is going to be the first coach fired in the NFL. What are you going to do, though? I mean, there's no point. Well, why are they talking about his seat being as hot, hot as it is right now? I just don't see a point. He's just not learning from the mistakes that he's made in the past, Greg. Like, he doesn't know how to manage a game at all. No, I understand. I understand. We're talking to Jamie Heath from the Sports Brokers. Uh, Jamie... Another one where we saw money coming in late yesterday was New England and Miami. Now, Frank, you were kind of on this saying, look, the Patriots don't lose three in a row. A lot of people were pointing out Miami ultimately were 
Three and zero in the division. Three and zero in the season. They're going to New England. This is a big game. They get a huge lead if they can come away with a victory. It didn't happen, Jamie. It didn't. No, happen. it it definitely did. Uh, Miami actually showed their true colors. A lot of people were wondering: Is this a, a for real Miami Dolphin team, or are they just like they've been in the last five to six years, just an average team at best? And Tom Brady and the boys yesterday pretty much uh, proved to us that Miami looks like they're just an average team this year. They had a 3-0 start, but really the only uh, quality team it looks like that they've beaten so far this year was their first game, and that was against the Tennessee Titans. And the Tennessee Titans uh, won a really uh, another thrilling game yesterday in overtime over, over Philadelphia. And don't forget that Tennessee game against Miami. Mariota went down in that game. And plus, I want to say there was two major uh, weather delays in that game as well. So that might have helped Miami out as uh, winning that first game as well. So uh, the Dolphins right now, they play Cincinnati, who's a hot team right now. Cincinnati's 3-1. and one. That line's opened up six. And that totals, just like about every total these days, it's, it's, a, it's a little over 50 right now. So there's not much defense to, to report in the NFL right now. You were saying earlier Atlanta has no defense. I have to agree with you. Neither does Pittsburgh. That total right now is 57, and it's probably going to go up. <laughs> oh, my God. 57. That's unbelievable. And the thing is, Greg, you know, we laugh about it. How can you bet the under right now? I don't There's know. just no way. There's no way. I have no idea. Like, I, you can't. Based on the way the defense is playing in the NFL, I mean, through four weeks of the season, it seems like we're seeing more scoring than ever before when guys like Mitchell Trubisky are throwing for six touchdowns. And, and Jamie, that's what I want to ask you about. I know a lot, of, uh, a lot of the smart bettors yesterday were on the Chicago Bears and thought that this could be a major letdown spot for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And we kind of saw the end of, uh, of the Fitzmagic era. So uh, is that the way that the money was coming in? Uh, were you leaning with the Bears? What, what did you see out of that game yesterday? That was our very best bet of all yesterday was the Chicago Bears. We loved Chicago. Uh, it just seemed to us that Tampa Bay coming off a short week, that emotional game that they lost on Monday night against, against the Steelers, had an effect. We didn't like uh, Fitzpatrick going into Chicago. Chicago, other, other than most teams, actually has a defense with the likes of Khalil Mack and, and uh, just that whole entire front four, the linebackers. It just was a very, very bad spot we fell for Tampa Bay. And laying actually two and a half with the Bears just seemed like the easiest play there possibly could have been. So we made our clients a lot of money on that game. Yes, you did, and you can make more money tonight over at the Sports Brokers. And Jamie Heath, there's a huge pick tonight. I'm very excited to find out what it is. Oh, yeah. We are really, really excited about this game. Another game that should be very high scoring. I will tell you that right now. But we love a side in this game. I want everyone out there to call 1-800-220-6262. We're at it again, just like we were last Monday night. 1-800-220-6262. 1-800-220-6262. Visit our website, thesportsbrokers.com. Join our website. Again, thesportsbrokers.com. We turn outcomes into incomes. There you go. Jamie Heath from the Sports Brokers. I look, look forward to talking to you next Monday. And, of course, you can hear Jamie on the Fantasy Football Frenzy coming up on Thursday. Thanks so much, Jamie. Hey, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the week. Absolutely. You too. And uh, good luck tonight. Frankie. Greggy. Let's go back to yesterday. Back to yesterday. Back to yesterday. We're going, going back, back to yesterday. Yesterday, indeed. You know, and I was going to mention this with Jim Sanos when we talked to him on the FanDuel Hurry Up, cut up a little bit later on. There, there seems to be certain things where, in DFS and it's season long, where we forget the obvious. And you try to be a little sneaky, very, very sneaky. And you try to start not good players and get good outcomes. 
Ryan Tannehill, not a good player. What was your projected outcome? Well, this. This was the outcome that I expected. So for those that started him in DFS yesterday or in a season-long league, not great. And that was why I ultimately went with Andrew Luck over Eli Manning. Why? Not a great player anymore. What do you expect to happen? That. Don't start bad players. It seems so obvious. Don't start bad players and expect a positive outcome. That was Ryan Tannehill. That's Eli Manning. I don't care what the, t- I don't care what the matchup is. It doesn't matter. If you want to stream a quarterback, I get it, man. Like Baker Mayfield, a fine stream yesterday. Andy Dalton. But that's why it's so tough, though, Greg. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. We but know there, that but the there were guys streamers, suck. But there were streamers that paid off, and there were streamers that didn't. That's, I'm not why, saying that's you, why it's... No, dude, I'm not saying you can't stream somebody, because you can, obviously. Right? Like, Jared yes, Goff but, is a stream. Okay, and Mitchell Trubisky coming into this game did not look good either. He did not look like a I good player. I agree with that. So but, like, but, it's but at least, like, like... We have a lot of tape on Ryan Tannehill at this point. Right. And not but good. The thing, but the thing is, is he not good though? Yeah. Because Gabe talks about this a lot too. Record. He's now ten and two in his last twelve games. Doesn't mean it's like him dominating the world though. Like but he, he had been very good in the first three games of the season, Greg. You're going into New England in a game that you thought you you thought, Frank, they were yes. gonna get blown out in. Yes, but that's why I thought it would be a good game script game for Ryan Tannehill that he would be playing from behind. I'm not saying he was gonna light the world on fire. I think I had him ranked as like my QB. 14 coming into the week. So I thought he was a high-end QB, too, in a good spot against the New England Patriots. I didn't think he was going to light the world on fire, but for him to be the 14th-ranked quarterback, what do you need? 275-2? and two? Yeah. I thought that was ca- he was capable of getting that. You didn't? No. 275-2? and two? No. In this era sucks. of football right now, Ryan Tannehill should have been able to throw 270-2 and two against his Patriots secondary with his eyes closed. The Dolphins went back to being the Dolphins I thought they were when I bet the under at the season total at six and a half. Now, hopefully they keep playing like this so I can win. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the Eli Manning part? The Eli Manning part, too, is like you had two things that were moving in the wrong direction, right? Well, depending on how you look at it, because Eli Manning and the Giants were coming off a big week against the... Houston Texans defense, where he threw for nearly 300 yards, and he threw for two touchdowns, and they made the change from Eric Flowers to Chad Wheeler, and they were getting the ball out of Eli Manning's fans' uh, hands very fast, and the, they were giving their players opportunities to make plays, like Sterling Shepard, Nodell Beckham, and Saquon Barkley, and the Saints' defense had looked absolutely atrocious. It looked brutal. It looked like it was back to being the defense from two years ago from pretty much all of Drew Brees' career. So you had two things kind of trending in opposite directions. That's why we wanted to trust Eli Manning. I don't fault people for wanting to trust him. And now, do we think that the Saints' defense is automatically back, or is the Giants' offense just back to being as bad as it was? So I read about it's this. Like, which well, one do you believe? Well, I have an answer for you. All right. Give me the answer, answer Greg. I love answers. Right. Because they're so easy to find in the NFL and fantasy football. So last week, the Houston Texans played man-to-man against the Giants, and they got destroyed. The offense. I think we know now... What the real part of that was is that the Houston Texans defense is really bad. Is. After after what we just saw from Andrew Luck as well. But I'm saying that, I'm saying a lot of that scheming, right? Like they played man to man, which is a mistake. Yes. The Saints went right back into the cover, the cover two or the or these really a zone. Yes. Short zone, long zone, or short zone, deep zone rather. And when they did that, it was once again keeping everything in front of them. And that was the Giants' offense. This is the same exact Giants' offense you saw 
against Dallas in particular in week two, and the Jacksonville before that. Like, forget Jacksonville, but one of, the, one of, if not the best defense in the NFL. So forget that. Let's use the Dallas game and the Saints game. Two teams playing both a short and a deep zone. And all you had to do was keep everything in front of you. And you had Eli Manning, who even when he had time to throw, and I saw plenty of small videos about this uh, last night, when even when he had time to throw, dink, dunk, dink, dunk, dink, dunk. He wasn't even trying. And you can say whatever you want. The opportunity wasn't there. The line sucks. No. You weren't even trying. When you keep the offense in front, when you keep the offense in front of you, Giants are going nowhere. And this you kept saying you expected the massive breakout game from Odell yesterday. It was terrible. It was a terrible game for him. Yeah. And, you know, it was Sterling Shepard who actually hit uh, a guy that we liked. I had him ranked inside my top 24 uh, because P.J. Williams, their slot cornerback, was placed on IR before this game. So we knew that Sterling Shepard was in a good spot. But overall, even number one wide receivers had dominated the New Orleans Saints all season long. Mike Evans had done it. Uh, Julio Jones had a solid game against them as well. So I was expecting, yes, the big game out of Odell Beckham, and I'm still expecting it. Like, if you can go out and buy low on Odell Beckham, it's something that I'm trying to do right now because in a league where I'm 1-3, right, I have Mike Evans who's going on a buy. Without him, I am screwed. So I tried to offer up Mike Evans uh, and, like, another supplemental piece, like Kenyon Drake or, like, Chris Hogan for Odell Beckham. That offer has already been shot down. Uh, and I don't blame the owner for doing that, but I would personally try to buy low on Odell Beckham. I, I don't know that the Giants' offense is ever going to be good again, Greg, but I still think Odell Beckham is going to get his numbers. I think everything that you just told me, the next defense that plays man defense against the Giants, that defensive coordinator should be fired. I agree. No brainer. Because it's, it's very obvious right now, and I agree with you, based on what you're telling me, that if you just play that zone defense against the Giants, they have, they have no, no answer. No. Absolutely nothing. None. But you know who will excel against zone? Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard. Because he's a slot receiver. He can exactly. just sit down in the middle exactly. of the zone, and he can just eat. Which, if you want to talk about, you know, New York teams and, you know, playing zone defense, yesterday, G.D. Westbrook, I watched the entire Jets game. It was uh, absolutely brutal. Yeah. It was so bad. I had Red Zone on the big TV. I had the Jets on my laptop, mm-hmm. and I was watching both. Mm-hmm. D.D. Westbrook absolutely picked apart the Jets. They were playing a zone defense, and this guy would just sit down. He would just go across the middle of the field, and he would just take passes, yards after the catch, and he would just had a day. And that's part of the reason why Blake Bortles was able to just pick apart the Jets' defense is because they played a zone, and they looked absolutely terrible. Like, I know Todd Bull's thing is, like, he wants to play man, but he was they were just getting killed. Like, in the middle of the field, guys just sitting down, and Blake Bortles just picking them apart. I want to be excited about D.D. Westbrook. I think he's the most explosive wide receiver, and I think he is the best after the catch. But I think week in and week out, it's just too hard to figure out who the Jaguars' top receiver is going to be in this offense. Because one week, it's Keelan Cole. I know in week one, it was actually T.J. Yeldon who led this team in receiving. Now, Yeldon has a big game. Leonard Fournette banged up again. Part of the reason why I didn't like him coming into the year. I, like, I want to be excited about D.D. Westbrook, and I think if anyone dropped him, he should be added. He's more of a bye week replacement, just because I, I don't know that you could trust a Jaguars receiver week in and week out, Greg. 844-843-6879. I agree with you, Frankie. I don't, I don't know which receiver you can trust, in honesty, week in and week out, because there's an obvious answer, ultimately. There just, there, there just isn't. Um, and D.D. Westbrook was excellent yesterday. Will he be excellent next week, or will he go over next week? Either of those possibilities seem to make sense. And it should be good for Blake Bortles, because 
While it's frustrating for fantasy, he has weapons around him that he can utilize. Didi, Keelan Cole, Dante Moncrief, who actually flashed yesterday and, and caught a long touchdown as well. It's kind of like the sum of the parts adding up and helping Blake Bortles' overall fantasy value. Now, if Leonard Fournette is going to be out again and miss more time, I think Blake Bortles should be on our radar again. It's just Nathaniel Hackett and the Jaguars need to continue calling plays the way that they have in the games where Bortles is successful. When we come back, John Gruden gets his first win in a decade. We get into Oakland and a whole lot more. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back with you here on the Fantasy BFFs, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service, fast, easy payment and winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live and game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com. The promo code is FNTSY. Head on over to BetDSI and start winning today. Frankie, finally, John Gruden gets on the board. And it was really crazy because the third of three overtime games yesterday, 45-42 victory. In the other two, coaches made crazy decisions. It worked out for Mike Vrabel. It didn't work out for Frank Reich. Um, Frank Reich gave the game away. I I don't understand. You can't do that. You just can't. I don't get it. You can't do that. What was the reason you can't after go the game? for it on fourth down? I know that Luck defended it after the game, saying, saying what we we're going for the win, like we're being aggressive, like we're not playing to tie. But really, in a divisional matchup, you wouldn't rather have the tie against the Texans rather than the loss. There, you're in your own territory. You go for it on fourth and four, knowing that with the explosive offense that the Texans have with receivers like DeAndre Hopkins. That they they could easily pick up a few first downs with the time that was remaining. You give the ball back there, and it's a, and it's a field goal, and you lose. You can't you can't do that. I know you want to try and have faith in your offense there. I mean that says a lot about how they feel about their defense, and I think we all know that the Colts' defense is not very good. But that's a terrible decision. You can't do that. Yeah, you know it. It was mind boggling to me. I was watching that end of the game at a bar, and it was mind boggling to me. When Frank Reich did it. And Mike Vrabel did the same thing. Over three fourth downs, it worked out. They scored a touchdown on Corey Davis at the end of the game. But that was crazy, dude. Crazy. Yeah, I think it's even more egregious when it's a division match. I agree. Like when totally. it's the you know, it's the it's the Titans going up against the Eagles. They were underdogs coming into this game. They were home dogs, you know, they're there uh in the home matchup, going up against the Super Bowl champions. Like 
I still don't agree with it. You can make a little bit more sense out of it, but in a, in a division matchup, I, yeah, I think that's uh, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit harder to defend. Um, while we're just talking about that game, the Colts and the Texans. Kiki, do you love me? Wow. Kiki Kute with 15 targets. Crazy. Well, like, he broke records for, like, a rookie making his debut. Yeah. 15 targets, 11 receptions, 109 yards. And I know the immediate ra- reaction here is going to be, well, can the Texans sustain three pass catchers and make all three fantasy viable? Because I know Will Fuller left this game. He didn't play in the second half. Said that he could have returned, but... That was when a lot of this damage was done by Kiki. And my answer is, I, I think they can be fantasy viable. Because you have two... I know DeAndre Hopkins, you can move him around the field. You can move him on the outside, inside. Will Fuller, I think, more so of a, of a pure outside receiver. A guy who can stretch the field and get down the field. But it really sets up with Hopkins and Fuller on the outside. And they drafted, and they've you know kind of said this is the reason why they drafted Kiki Kute. is because they want him to be their slot receiver. They want him to be that shifty, really quick, speedy inside receiver that could play in the slot. Now, if everyone kind of has their own role, we've seen that for fantasy purposes, the slot receiver in offenses is going to do a lot of damage. Sterling Shepard did it yesterday. Adam Thielen's been doing it for two years now. Sure. I think, you know, Kiki's going to be a very popular waiver wire target, and rightfully so. I'm... He's obviously not going to do this every single game, but I, I think that he could be more than just a bi-week replacement. I'm pretty excited about him, Greg. Will Fuller injured again with that yeah. hamstring. is the perfect opportunity for him uh, to step up uh, in that one. Andrew, Andrew Luck, uh, back to the Colts here for a moment. Um, Andrew Luck was, was excellent yesterday. Yeah, this was a huge, like, middle fingers to everybody game for yeah. Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, specifically me, too. Like, I had him ranked lowly. I will openly admit I'll take the L on this one. Uh, he hadn't done anything to inspire confidence in me. I should have bought uh, bought in more so on the Texans' defense and how bad that they've looked because they're just getting shredded by quarterbacks. And I think this is the start of Andrew Luck really, you know, bouncing back just for both the NFL purposes and for fantasy purposes because they let him throw the ball 62 times in this game. Well, right? that's the other let thing, him throw right? the ball down the field, 400 yards, four touchdowns. Like, this is what we needed to see to buy back in on Andrew Luck. I just hope that whoever owned him didn't drop him because now it's going to be too late. Career-high 62 pass attempts. I believe it was a career-high 464 yards passing, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. And I felt like the Colts really used what they did at the end of last week with Jacoby Brissett throwing the helmet. He for 41 yards. As motivation, ultimately. <laughs> I, I, I feel like they're just like, listen, Andrew Luck can throw the ball. Look. And then they did. And we know the Colts can't run the ball. So that really, game scripty wise means Andrew Luck's going to be the man each and every week. This is why people love Andrew Luck. Hopefully, right, you didn't drop Andrew Luck. T.Y. Hilton was in and out of this one. Hurt his bat or hurt his chest first, came back, then later hurt his hamstring. They play on Thursday night, and Frank Reich has already said, listen, we don't think he's going to be good to go on Thursday, which means Ryan Grant steps up, Chester Rogers steps up, and particularly, most importantly, Naheem Hines will probably step up once again on Thursday against New England, Frank. No, Greg. Most importantly, Zach Pascal, who had 10 targets in this game. There were four receiving options in the Colts' offense who had double-digit targets in this game. And T.Y. Hilton was not one of them, actually. You know, he missed a large portion of this game. Still ended up having a fine fantasy day, four for 115. Uh, But, you know, with Chester Rogers, like you mentioned, 11 targets. Naheem Hines, 11 targets. Zach Pascal, 10 targets. And then Eric Ebron, 10 targets as well. So if T.Y. Hilton can't go, which they've already They say he's not. Yeah, they've already kind of hinted at it. Uh, in a game against the Patriots, which seems like it would be shootout, but you know we just saw Tannehill kind of turn back into a pumpkin. I do think there will be points scored in that game. So 
Uh, you know, if you're hurting at the wide receiver position, if you were starting Mike Evans or Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin, guys that are going to be on bye, I think you're going to look at really all of the Colts receiving options here. Just real quick on Naheem Hines. 11 targets, 9 receptions, 63 yards, 2 touchdowns. That one touchdown, you really saw he was lined up as a wide receiver, and they just threw it up to him like a jump ball. This is a guy who played wide receiver back in college, and they converted him to running back. The Colts can't run the football right now. Nope. Like They're using him as an extension of the run game, just throwing him the ball. Uh, and I tweeted about this last night, Drink, that through the quarter mark of the season, Naheem Hines has hauled in 22 of 26 targets, Greg. His 16-game pace in the receiving game, 104 targets for 88 receptions. So if they can't run the ball, I know they get Christine Michael back, and some people are already... Robert Turbin. Robert Turbin. I get those guys. They're kind of like intertwined Agreed. at this point because they're all like journeyman Seahawk running backs. Robert Turbin is coming back. They're kind of like trying to talk him up as the early down guy. Naheem Hines is the only running back who is, has any sniff of fantasy value right now. Agree. I could, I, Turbin was goal line back last year with Frank Gore. Turbin's going to be the goal line back again. I think Jordan Wilkins is droppable. I know that Jordan Wilkins, once again, led the team in carries. Marlon Mack is droppable. Max droppable. Wilkins is droppable. Hines and Turbin are probably the guys I want to own right now. I, I would own Robert Turbin, for the record. Naheem Hines is like legit high-end flex, low-end RB2 in full PPR. I don't know about low-end. I'll say high-end flex. I won't say low-end RB2 yet. Just the way that he's being targeted, especially the past two games when they can't run the football, and you know that their defense is bad and they're going to be in a lot of shootouts, Naheem Hines is going to be on the field a lot. By the way, Lamar Miller sucks. Just so you know. Yeah, he does. Okay, cool. I don't own him anywhere, so just you, you, know. you, know, <laughs> you thanks for the reminder. You mentioned Tennessee and Philly. Tennessee's defense, legit. They're real. I, I think uh, I think that was a good call by those that pointed that out uh, earlier this year. Corey Davis had the mo- a monstrosity of a game, 9 for 61, 161 rather, uh, and the touchdown. On the other side, you got to give big ups to Alshon Jeffrey in his first game back, 8 for 105. Yep, yep. That inspires a lot of confidence moving forward. Um, I was worried about Alshon Jeffrey during draft season. Just when he was being drafted earlier on, fourth, fifth, sixth round, I was worried because I thought he was going to miss time, which he ultimately did. Uh, But this is a great game for him for many reasons. In terms of efficiency, last year he was not an efficient wide receiver. He did not. I think he caught about like 50% of his targets. Nine targets yesterday, hauled in eight of them. So I think the way that this offense is kind of set up, and and they haven't really been able to run the ball all that effectively, Greg. I think they're going to continue to pass a lot. It's going to be a lot of Zach Ertz going to be a lot of Alshon Jeffrey and while Nelson Aguilar has been targeted heavily the past two weeks he has been the really inefficient wide receiver for this team so he's kind of you know his stock is dropping while Alshon Jeffrey's in the rise I think Jeffrey kind of just steps in now not saying like he's a top 24 wide receiver but he instantly kind of steps in as like a wide receiver three for fantasy purposes I did also want to mention you know that Falcons and um and Bengals game you know I was very high on Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd, like if you needed any more confirmation, awesome uh, tweet yesterday from at Joe Goodberry on Twitter, Tyler Boyd's last six games. So this is even dating back to last year where you kind of saw this coming on. 47 targets, 36 receptions. That's a 76% catch rate, Greg. 489 yards at 13.6 yards per catch. Thir- uh, three touchdowns. His quarterback rating when being targeted, 130.5. Over a full season, he would be on pace for 96 catches, 1,300 yards and eight touchdowns. That is Tyler Boyd. He is absolutely a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two right now in the Bengals' offense, the way that he's being utilized with Bill Lazor and the fact that A.J. Green is taking away a lot of the defensive attention. Again, slot receivers in the NFL right now, that is where you make your money. And I think we need absolutely. to kind of hammer into that more so next year in the draft season. Draft teams slot wide receivers. Maybe we didn't necessarily know 
what Tyler Boyd's usage would be coming into the year, that he would be used this often in the slot. He is absolutely crushing it, and if you picked him up, you have a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two on your hands. I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you ultimately when it comes to that. Let me get to the other overtime games before we sign off YouTube. That Cincinnati and Oakland. It was, I'm sorry. Oakland and... Um, Cleveland. Thank you, Cleveland, the other Brown team. Um, I guess they're orange Bengals. But <laughs> nevertheless... And the Browns are actually orange too, which is like... That's why it's confusing. <laughs> so those two teams, a barn burner. Oakland came back. If he call on Carlos Hyde, the wrong call on Carlos Hyde on the first down. Obviously. I know a lot of people are going to point to that, but the, the Browns had opportunities to, Definitely. to end this game, and they didn't do it, which is something I talk a lot about with teams like the Jets, teams that are learning how to win rather than teams that know how to win, like the New England Patriots yesterday, who didn't take their foot off the pedal when they're up big, continue scoring points because this is the National Football League, and we know that teams can put up points in a hurry. We saw that yesterday with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, so I believe I took Oakland in that game, did I not? You probably did. I mean, you're the guy who's usually in charge of writing these down. Well, I write down the just the records. <laughs> I knew I took New England. I know well, we're going to go back to the tape. The Chargers. I think I took Oakland. You took Cleveland. I had the Jets. I had the Patriots. You didn't take Cleveland. I had Cleveland. Yeah. You have Cleveland. Yeah. Those were, uh, I think I, we were, and I felt good about it all game until obviously we were on opposite uh, they blew it. that one. Marshawn Lynch is absolutely legit. Told you like, that, the man. Guy, I told you that too. Like well, I was in, last year. I like thought. we were all in yeah. on Marshawn Lynch throughout the draft season, and you know people don't like him. I understand for PPR, he doesn't catch that many passes. He still had three receptions in this game for 27 yards. The guy can get it done. You watch him play just the eye test. He still has it. It's like him and Adrian Peterson are defying logic right now. 20 rushes for 130 yards against a good Browns defense, which is normally very, very good against the rush, very, very good against opposing running backs. Marshall Lynch absolutely tore them apart. Like, I am going to continue to trust this guy as an RB2. Like, he is what he is. I had him ranked as, like, RB20, RB21 coming into the season, like yeah. a solid RB2. He's right around there in terms of fantasy production this year. Like, that's what you should trust Marshawn Lynch as behind this offensive line, which is very, very good. Reggie got good Amari Cooper this week. Sure did. Love targets. Good, Jared. Eight receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Sell. Sell. This happens all the time. And I know there's, like, something in the back of my mind right now that's saying, like, did you really sell Amari Cooper? You want to buy back in. Like, this is the start. This is the start of the Amari Cooper breakout. We've fallen for this before, Greg. Next week, he's going to be three receptions yep. for 30 yards. Sell. Sell Amari Cooper. If you can sell him right now for wide receiver two value, do it. Just do it, as Mikey would say. And that's going to do it for us on <laughs> YouTube. We're going to sign off YouTube now. Of course, Fantasy Football Frenzy comes your way next. Corey Parson, Jim Day, and the closer, Chris Venture, will have you up to the top of the hour. We continue on on live radio and certainly on the podcast as well. So if you are listening on the podcast, make sure you give us five stars. Please subscribe to the podcast, most importantly. Leave a comment or rating. We really, really appreciate it. Tonight, Monday Night Football, it is the Broncos and the Chiefs. What is the line at right now, Frankie? Yeah, so this line has dropped all the way down to KC laying three and a half on the road. This opened up at, at KC as five-point favorites. And, you know, the public, we, you know, we're going to start talking about this a little bit more. And you, you kind of heard Jamie talking about it when he was on. 66% of the tickets right now, Greggy, are coming in on Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes because the public obviously is rooting for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, yep. what he's done so far. Yep. Yet the line has moved the other way. 66% of the tickets on AC, but this has dropped all the way down to them only being favored by three and a half. So obviously the sharp betters and the money coming in on the Denver Broncos. Denver 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven games as home dogs. So I think that's what a lot of people are looking at. 
uh, mile high, it's a tough place to play. Um, so I think that's overall what people are looking at. Uh, it'll be interesting, you know. I might have to give Jamie a call because he, you know, he sounds very convincing. He, you know, he likes a side in this game. He does. I think it's, I think it's a harder one to figure out, Greggy. I, I, I think is, I don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes. No, nope, like, the public. Because you're part get, of the public, man. The public doesn't want to get bet against Patrick Mahomes. That's true. I'm a sheep, Greg. I'm a sheep. You are. Everybody wants. What if you to had Patrick to bet Mahomes. this game? What are you betting, Greg? Betting Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> We're sheep. We're sheep. What's the over under? Fifty four and a half. Bet the over. Bet the over. Again. I would bet the over as well, just because why would you bet against this Chiefs offense with what they've done so far? Like, they're averaging like 34 points per game, and their defense is so bad. I think they're allowing the most points scored against and like the third most yards. So Denver is in a good spot here. I know Case Keenum has been up and down, but they have receivers who can make plays yeah. in Emmanuel Sanders, in Demarius Thomas, in Cortland Sutton. And then they have the running backs. Royce Freeman scored a touchdown last week. We're going to get Philip Lindsay back tonight. Hopefully, doesn't punch anyone in the face and get ejected from this game. But there are weapons on the on the Broncos' offense. So based on how bad the Chiefs' defense has looked, I'm with you. I would bet the over. I think I'm more likely to bet the over than I am to touch the actual line on the game, Greg. Does that make sense? Yes, because I don't like the line on the game at all, especially with the hook. Right, Ugh. AC at minus three Ugh. and a half. If I had to. I would bet Denver, but I don't think I would get involved. Some some player props that Daily Roto actually likes a lot. Sure, Demarius Thomas at sixty six and a half yards. They like the over a lot. Uh, they have a a pretty big differential in the Daily Roto projection tonight for his receiving yardage output, as opposed to his over under being at sixty six and a half yards. So Demarius Thomas the over, and then Travis Kelsey. The Denver Broncos are allowing something like the ninth or tenth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Right. His over-under for receptions and receiving yards is 5.5 and, and 74.5, and respectively. I like the over on both. I can, get, I can go with the over on Kelsey. That one, that's the one that really stands out to me, I think. The Marius here, you know, feel a strong about. Yeah, he's been a little inconsistent. But yeah. Again, the Chiefs secondary is so bad. You know, it's, it's brutal. It's going to be fun, though. Do you have anything in the balance tonight? What's up? Do you have anything in the balance tonight? Like, have I bet anything yet? No, 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 no. Your fantasy matches. Oh, oh no. Uh, actually, I think the Carton League, I think we're up by, like, let me see. I'll pull this up. We're oh, actually no, we're up by thirty six. Okay, we have Philip Lindsay. They have Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey. So you know, you it might be win. close. Maybe in full PPR. I think if I get fifty from Patrick close. Mahomes, I might win. <laughs> I mean, he's done it before, right? No, or come close to it. Came close to it. You have a chance. No, you don't. have like a thirteen percent chance. My team sucks, man. <laughs> My team sucks. Yo, join the club, man. So. Like, do you just sign up for FanDuel now? I have other like, If you're over? I have other leagues. Well, like, you're going to keep playing, obviously. I'm 1-3 in, in my home league. Mike Evans is on a bye. Do you, do you just sell your players for, like, good depth at this point? Yes, you have to. I think so, too. Saquon Barkley, by the way, on teams playing soft coverage against the Giants, the zone we just talked about, that's disrespectful. Get, we have to run the ball more. Hello? 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 The closer, Jim Day. Corey Parsons up next. The fantasy BFFs for Frank Frank Stample. I'm Craig Sussman. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. hope.